Hey, Miles. Hey. You sound you sound so much closer than you did the last time we talked. I know, right? I am now back in the UK, and I was like, what have I missed? And uh, our Prime Minister has resigned after 44 days. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's all going good. Okay. I know nothing about UK politics. Uh, I do not want to dive into them. Uh, you don't want to. But <laughs> I mean, she actually, although she's been in power for 40, 45 days, she's actually only done 12 days work. Oh, <laughs> it's like, and so she's the shortest serving prime minister of all time, which is a wonderful thing to have on your accolades, right? <laughs> I think so. I mean, you should easily get a job after this, right? Well, the thing is, she is now entitled to, I think it's 125,000 pounds, which is like 130, $140,000 a year for the rest of her life because she's been prime minister now wait 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 obviously uk politics is where it's at man like this is you don't even have to work like you you don't even have to fulfill a term or anything like that that's well i don't know that's it's because it's never happened like that before but yeah well so i'm clearly in the wrong job dude we both are in the wrong job i think i think we're without pearls gonna have to take a hiatus you and i both go get some kind of uh game cats party game cats party because you have what the two uh, animals uh, you have the rhino and elephant in american politics for the Republicans, Democrats, I think it's rhinos and elephants. Is it, is it, or donkey. Is, is it donkey? Good. I was going to go with the rhinos thing just to see how long we could convince people it was rhinos. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the donkey. Is it, what is it, elephant and donkey? It is, it is. Okay, and I honest, don't know what the meaning is, but we need a game cat. The, we need a game cat one now. The meaning is they both suck, and we do need a game cat. Uh, we, we do need, we do need oh, a game yeah. cat party for sure. Listen, real quick. Emily Baxter, hashtag the cartoony witch game kit with the $2 tip says, any cartoony POS game in development scares me. And then we got Jamie out of the $2 tip says, what really scares me is Sony's marketing team. We want to hear from you guys for the rest of the show. Tell us in the chat what scares you the most. And uh, we'll do our best to fucking read that shit out. Uh, Miles, it's Friday. This is going to be such a cool laid back show. Um, I'm just happy that all these cats are here. I'm glad that you're here. Uh, I, I, I don't want to do any work tonight. Uh, I'm just going to hang out with you. Have a good time and then possibly play some Fortnite. You ready? You ready to do this shit? And play go spooky. Spooky. <laughs> Let's do it, man. This is PSVR Spooky Cast Live, uh, coming to you live at 6 p.m. Eastern. I'd love to say it's every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern, but man, we love to fuck with that. And this week has been a little bit of a, a little bit of a fucking with that type of week. Uh, but for the most part, you guys know what to expect around here. Uh, 6 p.m. Eastern. My name is Brian Paul from this channel right here, PSVR Without Parole. And joining me from across the sea is Miles Dyer from Miles Dyer Official. How are we doing, Brian? Just as the intro title was going, I quickly dashed because I forgot to put on the lights behind me. Uh, so I'm glad I got that sorted and no one knows about me scrambling for it. Dude, my, my boom stand has ED. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> it's just not staying up. By the way, can I put a request out there for any musical game cats out there? If anyone could create... Well, I mean, Brian could, but like a spooky version of the intro. We need that for this time of year. We've got a metal version of the intro. Okay. I guess you could just have what it is now, just with a few woo 
It's like at Christmas, you know, when they do the, the theme tune and all it's got is the sleigh bells. Yeah. Just like <laughs> doing a 4 4. Dun, 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 dun. It's like, yep, yeah, that's, that's Christmassy. <laughs> what makes something Halloween y? It is just having woo in it. Pretty much. Pretty much. Just, or scream. Ah! Just throw it, just throw yeah, it like a like jack o' lantern up in the corner somewhere, and then you're that's pretty much all you need. A little ghost emoji. That's what I use on Twitter. So I mean, I guess that's all we really need. Yeah. Um, Dan Kiefer says Brian playing Fortnite scares me. I've, I've really got under Dan's, Dan's skin uh, when I told people I was playing Fortnite, um, and every everyone's a little confused and a little bit concerned. Uh, Everyone's like, I, I can't believe this is a thing. I can't believe this is happening. And I know it's, you know, I mean. I guess most of you guys only know me from playing uh, PSVR for the last like six years or so, uh, but I do have interests outside of VR. Um, I'm super happy you're on Fortnite, Brian. Super happy. Yeah, well, if you're super happy, how come we haven't played yet together? This is this is crazy to me. I know. I was actually looking at playing while I was in Romania, but um, I totally forgot that Fortnite is still not playable on um, iOS on because of the whole Apple battle. It still doesn't exist on the Apple Store. Um, because of that legal battle, which must be a huge knock on their income, because that's a massive portion of uh, a potential player base. Because yeah, yeah, I mean, and I would have packed my Dual Sense controller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a, that is a huge uh, that's a huge market. But I mean, I, I feel like there's so many different ways to play Fortnite that if you want to play Fortnite, you probably have the ability to play that. You don't even need an up to date console, right? I mean, that's this is last gen stuff too, right? You can have an OG PS4. Uh, an OG Xbox One, right, and and be able to be able to play this game. I don't think it's does make me wonder though, Brian. Do you reckon we are going to get to a point in the next decade where you'll be able to connect your VR headset into your phone? Because you know we look at a lot of mobile games these days that we thought, wow, that's play like these used to be on massive consoles, and like you can play like GTA San Andreas on your phone. Because actually, being able to play VR games on mobile. That's kind of cool, you know. The cable just goes in your back pocket. Yeah. It's with you. Um, I don't know. Just a random thought I had. I can see it as a possibility. Yep. <laughs> Anything's possible. Professor Lilith with the $5 tip says, join us this Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern to race heavily armed flying cars. This week, uh, this week's game is Wipeout Omega Collection. Awesome. Yeah, one of the best PSVR games out there. If you haven't had a chance to play it in multiplayer, you are definitely missing out. Uh I would, I would, I would say, get some practice in <laughs> because if it's been a while since you played it, the last time I played it, man, I was slamming into every single wall that I encountered. I was like, it might, what? Like, I remember getting pretty good at that game, uh, but then I guess I forgot how to use the air brakes and everything else. So, uh, you got any experience with uh, Wipeout Omega, Miles? Are you going to be playing this Sunday? I'll definitely be jumping back in for this um, because uh, I did play it when I first got PSVR. And it was a game that I enjoyed, but I didn't get that into. I think I got a bit motion sick as well. And I know there are the comfort settings. Yeah. Um, because we, we talked about it on the, uh, top games. And, um, yeah, I, uh, I definitely want to return to it because people keep banging on about it and for a good reason. <laughs> Looper, the underground game cat with the two euros said, Miles just invented Google Cardboard. <laughs> yeah. It's actually I exactly do have what Google you did. Cardboard next door, but it's, no, it's not the same. I'm talking about like high end VR games, Looper. Why, it's all about the, to mock it's all about the processing power, man. That, Actually, if you're going to mock me, definitely do it as a super chat tip. If you want, I'll, I'll accept that. If you want to play <laughs> cell phone games <laughs> in VR, we already have a way to do that, Miles. Hey, I got a tail. It's not. A, it's not a game, though. You can't, are there actual 
VR games for Google Cardboard? I don't think there are. I don't know. I, mean, I feel like Des showed no. me Google Cardboard like five years ago, six years ago, something like that, and I haven't seen it since. I have no idea. Is that still like a a, a platform, like a viable platform? I have no idea. It's crazy. Well, Google Cardboard is mainly just so you can watch like YouTube uh, 360 videos or, you know, um, yeah. because, yeah, you just slot your phone in and wherever you look. Yeah. And it's cool. Yeah. I think I played. I think I played a video of like falling off of a roof or something like that. It was like, <laughs> yeah, it's like thanks, it? thanks, Des. <laughs> yeah. Falling off of a roof. Yeah, or was like falling, falling. I forget what I was doing. I, was, yeah, yeah. That's not how I want to play games. You could, you could fall off uh, out of a plane or off a mountain. No, don't do that. Let's just do falling off a roof. <laughs> <laughs> I the experience lasts a full one and a half seconds. <laughs> All right, man. Let's. I guess we should do something uh, today rather than just why not, hanging why not? out. Um, so uh, I know I know that you've been you've been busy this week, man. You you were traveling and obviously you know getting resituated uh, once you get home. Uh, but there were a couple uh, there were a couple showcases this week. We had we had two showcases. Uh, Tornado, do you mind? Thank you very much. She's like laying on everything. Um, we had two showcases, uh, starting on Wednesday with the Silent Hill transmission and then followed up on Thursday with the Resident Evil showcase. Um, this is so, I mean, for, for people like me, uh, who are obsessed with horror, uh, I, this has been kind of like the, this great survival horror resurgence. We got, uh, you know, a better look at Resident Evil 4 yesterday and, uh, even better on Wednesday. I mean, just a slew of Silent Hill titles and, and, and different projects that were announced. Uh, what, what, what did you think of all this, man? Like, you, you, did you did you have a chance yeah. to kind of like uh take it all in i i haven't actually watched the full streams yet i just read up on them afterwards yeah. but um when it comes to silent hill i remember the first playing i don't know if it was actually the first silent hill or number two when it had the rumble in the the dual shot controller did they do that on the first one or was it the second just the second but i just remember it used to vibrate with the heartbeat and it was just like totally mind-blowing back then of like you're, you're playing this game. It's super tense, and you can feel the, the heartbeat rumbling in your hands. It was uh, it was amazing, and I never I never completed the game. Actually, I, th- I think I only played it when I was at my friend's house who had it. Um, but yeah, watching these new announcements was really really exciting. It was like the the worst kept secret for years about this. You know, Silent Hill, this Silent Hill, that. Is it abandoned? Is it not? Is Hideo Kojima working on it? But for the Silent Hill two remake. If I'm not mistaken, is that Bloober team who are working on it? Yeah. So they they worked on obviously Blair Witch um, and Layers of Fears, uh, which is obviously coming out. Um, so the fact that they're going to be working on it, and and they're also working with, is it some of the original developers or creators of Silent Hill Two? I know um, they've got the original composer, but I think some of the devs, original devs or creators of Silent Hill are involved. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell. Um, I couldn't tell you who's involved in which project because there's so many Silent Hill projects yes. being in development. Uh, but but yeah, I've heard that the the original monster designer is involved in at least one of these new games, whether that be uh, Townfall or or the Silent Hill Two remake. Uh, I can only imagine the the monster designer would have to be part of Townfall, right? If he's creating new monsters, it's like we've already got the monsters in Silent Hill Two. We don't need you. <laughs> Thank you. And, right, and and this is what's exciting about what we're seeing again and again is we are seeing all these devs who have been emerging with PSVR, the first generation, now teaming up with epic IPs. So whether it's End Dreams with Ghostbusters, whether um, we've got um, 
well i was going to say the the new iron man game um with um but they they, they did um star wars uh, squadrons um we, we, we're seeing this again and again um you know we, we see a uh, fire sprite working with okay not uh well yeah with um horizon call of the mountain uh yeah. there's all these team teaming up of uh of, of of vr devs and i think it's just really really exciting and this is just another example of that yeah i mean i think it's, i think the whole thing is fascinating uh there's <laughs> i i saw some uh a lot of negativity regarding the silent hill uh transmission because they're like because uh, konami's not doing anything themselves they just basically farmed out the 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 license to all these different teams and I don't think any. I'm okay with that. I mean, dude, I'm I'm 100 okay with that because it's better than not getting any Silent Hill yeah. games like we haven't gotten for the last decade and a half. Uh, I'm I'd much rather have all these different takes on Silent Hill than no Silent Hill. Um, in, 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 or in, a Silent Hill mobile game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in, in all fairness, it's like what's the last thing we saw Konami really do internally? Did they do Did they do Metal Gear Survive? Because that was yeah universally panned. Like, do we really want Konami doing this in the first place? Uh, and I think the answer is no. Uh, so let's keep the franchise going. Let's keep a, let's keep the franchise relevant uh, and uh, give give them a reason to keep making pachinko machines. Yeah, uh, no PSVR two mentions though, and uh, and I know that was a I know that was a down or a negative, or I was going to say a downside negative for uh, for a lot of people. Um, but for me, I think that just adds credibility to the fact that we've got some kind of showcase on the way. Uh, otherwise, they would have shown PSVR two stuff. We know that in some form or another that there's Resident Evil four content in development for PSVR two. That when they revealed Resident Evil four remake. That was shown at the end of the trailer, so we know that something's there that they're not talking about. Uh, and so this this whole thing, the the, the fact that there's like this wave of silence still about PSVR two stuff, uh, only really talking about Village, um, and not even in every that was the weird thing, man. Not even in every stream, just the PlayStation version of the uh, Resident Evil stream, did we get the PSVR two mention? It there's so there's still so much secrecy that uh, I, I think I think when we finally get the information we're looking for. There's going to be so much of it in all of this talk about Sony not being able to uh, you know, promote their products. They've got this big headset on the way and no one even knows about it and whatever. I think all of that, all of that discourse is just going to disappear. I, I think, I think that everyone's going to be on the same page and go, Holy shit. Like this is fucking incredible. You guys have been holding back for so long. You've, you just showed us so much. Um, so I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. I think it's going to be really exciting for a lot of people. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I still think a showcase is coming, but I, although I have to say the past week has kind of made some arguments against it in the sense that some of the big hitters have now been revealed. Like they, I, I believe they've just done a blog post on Final Fantasy 16 where they did a four minute trailer or piece, which would you know was normally associated with previous showcases or big state of plays. Um, Sony's PS5 DualSense Edge Pro controller. Um, that's just had um, uh, sort of a big reveal, um, and, and then obviously Silent Hill got its own, you know, piece. Then again, Final Fantasy VII was done on Square Enix's own terms. That's not to say it can't also appear in a showcase. There's another argument to be made that okay, they're just talking about all the things that we already knew about. Maybe the showcase is really being saved for all these other projects that you know we know about but have actually seen nothing of you know, Last of Us Factions, you know, although we know about it, 
we don't actually know that much about it. Um, so, um, and, and then God of War, um, I think on November 3rd, the review embargo comes off. I can't remember exactly when it comes out, but it looks like they're not going to be doing a big state of play for God of War. And as I've mentioned previously, um, I, I really feel that they are getting God of War out of the way mm-hmm. uh, before they then move to the next stage because, you know, that's how they plan the years, isn't it? Is like, where is the energy and focus? They don't want to be competing against their own properties. And God of War, I think, and I've seen um, some previews already, people talking about it and um, people played like a few hours and they said it is absolutely mind-blowing how beautiful and it just you think it's going to be a good game and it just it, it just floors you uh, with how excellent the design is which is exciting I'm, I'm excited for that um so um once god of war is out the way and i don't mean that in a bad way just like in terms of the sequencing yeah, yeah then they're like what do we look forward to next yeah. it's psvr2 it's these other ips we've not yet announced and that's really really cool yeah and i i think I think kind of piggybacking on what you just said, I, I think maybe what's most logical is that we shouldn't expect to showcase anytime soon. Uh, if they get, if they're getting God of war out of the way, then maybe what they get next out of the way is, is PSVR two. Uh, they say, okay, here's God of war. And then we do, we focus on PSVR two, not in a showcase, not in an all encompassing PlayStation showcase with, you know, title after title, first party, you know, flat screen, this and that, whatever, and then finish with PSVR two. If they're trying to give every single first party thing, uh, including peripherals, the, the attention that they deserve, then I think the most, the, the most logical thing would be is to get God of War out of the way and then do the PSVR two state of play showcase whatever you want to call it and focus on that right make sure that that has a successful launch we know full well that sony for the last two years was mostly concerned about making sure that playstation 5 had a successful launch because here we are two years in uh and it's finally just starting to show up on store shelves and that's not worldwide that is definitely a very much a u.s thing uh, i don't know what's what it's looking like over there in the uk but a lot of cats in other countries have told me listen it sounds like things are getting better in the u.s but that is not the case worldwide um and you know we should that should be uh with all of their new partnerships and everything else that should be taken care of uh by the beginning of the new year when psvr2 launches um and so that has been their focus um so yeah it it, it absolutely sounds right i think it's going to be god of war psvr2 and then after a successful psvr2 launch we could potentially see a showcase after that um regarding a lot of flat screen stuff would be interesting. Yeah. <sighs> hey, Miles. Speaking of... Hey, Brian. Speaking of... Wait, a we're su- starting again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start the show. <laughs> <laughs> does, it, does, any, is, does anyone else picture you can't do that on television when, when we do the whole, hey, Miles, hey, Brian? It's like when they come out of the lockers. I don't know if you remember this show, Miles. I'm a little bit older than you. But back, it was a Canadian TV show on Nickelodeon. Uh, and it, the Alanis Morissette was actually one of the stars. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Uh, it, it's like, and there would just be this whole segment where the people would talk to each other. And just be like a series of like colorful lockers. That's all you would see. And then when, and then like somebody would come out of the locker and be like, hey, Jimmy. And then Jimmy would be like, hey, hey Paula. And then they would just like go back and forth, and like different people would open lockers and shit. And every time we started a show, you can't do that on television. And if you said I don't know, it was a, it was a comedy show, a skit show, a sketch show, right? Um, and so, and, and anytime someone said I don't know, then green slime got poured on their head. 
Oh, amazing. I'm just looking at it now. Yeah, yeah. I can see the slime. Yeah. Retro. <laughs> I was literally going to do the joke. Sorry, what can't you do on television? <laughs> no, no, no. It's You can't do that. Yeah, I know, but what can't you do? That's no, good. Good, good title. Shades of Grey Matter says, damn, I'm Canadian and I don't remember this. I think it was actually really popular in the United States um, because I don't even think most of us knew it was a, a show that we imported from Canada. Uh, I have no idea. But it was Nickelodeon here in the States. But Geisen says it's from the 80s. And so anybody that's a little bit younger might not have uh, been, <laughs> been privy to that. Anyway, that's what I picture. Anytime we say, hey, Miles, hey, Brian, I'd like picture us coming out of a locker. Hey. Like, what's going on? To get a fake locker. Hey. Like, what were you guys doing in the locker to begin with? Did everyone get shoved in there by bullies? <laughs> like, how did you end up in there? Like, no, why don't why don't we ask the important questions? Well, that's it. That's that that is the thing. Is like, if you did start exploring it, that would become a really spooky show. It's like, actually, no, that's really messed up. Yeah. Like, what are they doing in there? For sure. Yeah. Hey, uh, on on the topic of a successful PlayStation Five launch, uh, it is a little bit strange that we uh, we got word this week that potentially this is all rumors. Don't forget, guys, all speculation and rumors. Um, maybe not speculation so much as like how much do you trust uh, all of these leakers these days? Uh, developers, uh, this is from GamingBolt.com, by the way. Developers already have PS Five Pro and Xbox Series X slash S upgrade dev kits. This is a rumor. Um, and uh, says the PS4 Pro and Xbox X set a bit of a precedent halfway through their previous console cycle, refreshing the console generation with more powerful hardware that not only lengthened the console life cycles, but also led to much better looking games. There's been plenty of speculation that both Microsoft and Sony will repeat that uh, with their current generation of, of hardware. Uh, and as per a new report, the hardware is already out there. Um, as per known Rockstar Insider Tez2 on the GTA forums, development kits of the PS5 Pro uh, for sorry, the text is really small here. I'm trying to try, let, me, let me let me get closer to it with my old age. <laughs> uh, development kits for PS5 Pro or whatever it ends up being called in mid-generation Xbox Series hardware upgrades are already out there and in the hands of developers when asked if that was speculation or based on concrete details the insider suggested it's the latter miles is it too early or do you, i mean let's let's start with the basics do you even believe this rumor this leak i'm not sure but what i find really interesting about the whole discussion around the pro is before the ps5 even came out there was a lot of speculation that this would be a much shorter uh life cycle of, con of a console um but because of the pandemic and what an you know we're, we're we're two years since launch yeah i feel like it might have been longer it has been two years since launch um a part of me feels i don't know how long they last normally six seven years it's about six, seven years, isn't it, until a new console? Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, tradition, it was always traditionally five years, I believe, uh, back in the day. And uh, I, I think once the PS3 generation rolled around, I think we got up to like, depending on when you consider the generation starting, because the 360 launched a year before PS3, I want to say that was either seven or eight years. But somebody correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I, I, I just feel like it's just really hard to gauge because time perception goes out the window because of the pandemic. I, I just feel like the idea that we are now moving towards the halfway mark of a, of a console generation just feels very... I feel like we're still in its infancy. Mm -hmm. um, but the point is that as, as games improve and the demand gets higher, yeah, there will be a call for uh, the next type of console. And so the question is, would PlayStation want to create a brand new console 
you know, after all this that they've been doing with the PS5 trying to meet demand? Or do they want to say, actually, the changes that we need to make are just more about power and storage space, in which case it doesn't need to be a new console. It just needs to be a better version of the PS5. So I do think a Pro 1 is probably going to happen. Whether this is it... I mean, what does a dev kit mean just for them to test it? It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be coming anytime soon. Right. It could be something that comes out in another two or three years, in which case that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Strangely enough, uh, one of the the other leaks, one of the other rumors that we've been hearing about was that uh, Sony was looking to make uh, a PlayStation 5 disk drive so that uh, so that you could just have this external disk drive and plug it into your right. PlayStation Five, right? And for me, I was like, "This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Why? What, what's the what's the point of this, right? Anybody who's buying a phys- uh, a digital only PlayStation Five is looking for a digital only PlayStation Five, and everyone else already has a drive in there. And then I realized it's going to be way cheaper for Sony to sell us an external drive and then reduce the number of SKUs they have for the PlayStation Five from two, the digital and the physical." Uh, down to one and just manufacture digital only PlayStation fives and then manufacture this other, uh, this other external Blu-ray drive, right? So that you can, so, so that you accommodate everybody and, and your manufacturing gets, you know, twice as easy. Um, so, and, and, and so my initial thought on this was like, well, this is now, here we go. Like now we're going back in the other direction. Now we're going to have PlayStation five. We're going to have PlayStation five digital. We're going to have PlayStation five physical. We're going to have PlayStation five pro. We're going to have an external hard drive. This is going to be a lot of fucking shit to manufacture. Um, but as you said, I think Sony's very much a forward looking company. And, and I think, sorry, sirens on my end. I think that, uh, by the time this comes to fruition, uh, and they would actually sell a PlayStation 5 Pro, I mean, no earlier than 2024, holiday 2024. That I, I can't imagine them doing it any earlier than that. That would be four years for some of us who've had the PlayStation 5 through all this time, uh, and then two years uh, for everybody who's just picking one up now. Um, and uh, and I think it'd be I think it'd be understandable four years into the console life cycle, you know, if if they tried to launch it like this holiday season or even next holiday season, um, it would be a, it would be a big issue. But I think I, I think the way things are, I think two years from now, manufacturing will be so much easier, and, and I think Sony's well aware of that. Yeah, so uh, something Matthew Longo said in the chat is they're still making PS4 games, so it's, uh, a, a, a PlayStation six doesn't make sense for a while and it just made me think more that yeah the ps4 ps5 like transition feels like where there's most overlap of any console because there wasn't any overlap between the ps3 and ps4 so even that component means that i feel there's going to be a lot of longevity for the ps5 um for there to be a ps6 going back to what i was saying earlier it would have to be an absolutely monumental step up because you know the ps5 it's the dual sense it's you know with the haptics it's the 3d audio with the tempest engine it's um going to an ssd like in many ways i think the ps5 is the biggest like step up in terms of hardware um for a console and so again you know depending on when the pro comes out that will give us a sense of how many years they're going to go for but yeah it could it could be an eight-year uh lifespan yeah. of a console um but then again when did the ps4 pro come out um because let me have a look it came out on in 2016 so yeah the ps4 came out in 2013 
in okay. September, and then it was in November 2016. So it was just over three years later. What's funny um, is that I, I don't, I don't think the PlayStation Five is going to be in the same situation as the PlayStation Four was, though. No, um, I, I don't think that most gamers are going to be, and I say most gamers are going to be looking yeah. for. I mean, the, the fact is, it's a Series S console. If you look at the, if you look at the discussion about Series S console on Twitter. So many people are like, I don't care about frame rates. I don't care about 4K. I don't care about this. I just want to be able to play the most up to date games. And I don't really care about, uh, the, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a frame rate whore. I'm not a graphics whore. I'm not a res- whatever. Right. And they just want to be able to play the newest games and they don't care about that shit. So I think, and, and I, what I think that is that most people are going to be really happy with, you know, we've, we've barely seen anything that pushes the power of the PlayStation 5 yet. You know, like Returnal looks really fucking nice. Demon Souls looks really fucking nice, but like, does it? Do they really markedly look better than PlayStation Four games or PlayStation Four Pro games? I mean, it's a hard sell, right? Especially, especially, it's a hard sell for a guy like me who is still playing on a 1080p plasma television, right? And so I, so I am not uh, the target market for this. However, if they say Brian, uh, the PlayStation VR two uh, is going to get a drastic uh, uptick in performance with the PlayStation 5 Pro, exactly. right? If they say, yeah. oh, Brian, like all of your games are going to like, you know, uh, play at 120 frames natively. It's, uh, you know, you're going to have ray tracing in all of your games. Uh, then suddenly I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Now I do yeah. care, right? Because I all, on the flat screen side of things, I think we've already hit a point where I'm very, very happy with the way that everything looks and I don't need any further upgrades. I was kind of happy with the PlayStation 4 Pro, right? As far as flat screen games go. Uh, with VR, I think we still had a long ways to go. Um, everything looked a couple generations old. And, and with PSVR 2, we're getting, finally getting caught up to current gen graphics. Uh, and, and a PlayStation 5 Pro will help that. Then that's when you're selling me. But I'm, I'm very much a VR guy. I'm not a flat, I'm not as much of a flat screen guy. So it, it really depends on, on, on what your interests are and how much, uh, and, and what you need to enjoy your gaming. If you're a VR person, if you care about frame rates, if you want HDR, if you want 4K, all of this stuff is important, uh, to, to each person. And, uh, dude, I mean, I could, I go on, a, I feel like I've already gone on like a 10 minute rant, but the other thing I've been seeing on Twitter is people look at who can't tell the difference between 30 frames and 60 frames a second. Like in some of these people are like game devs and I'm like, that is fucking fascinating to me. Right. So like it goes even beyond like, do we need 120 frames a second or are you happy with 30 frames a second? Like it really is up to each individual person and how much all these things affect them. How much do we need a PlayStation five pro currently? Not at all, but I don't have my PSVR two. And, and also it's not 2024 yet. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know how much we've been uh, yeah. pushing the PlayStation five at this point. So there's a lot of questions, Miles. And I think I just asked all of them. <laughs> you did indeed. I have no answers. <laughs> Good. Looper, the underground game cat with the five euros says, uh, I have a digital PlayStation five just because this was the only one I could get in December yep. of 2020 is dude. That's so weird to me. I like, because I, I knew people who wanted to get the digital one, but they were only able to get the physical one. There were people that ordered the digital and they got given a, a disc one as well. <laughs> yeah. Like they, it, it came out of the box. So it was like, yeah. Um, also, uh, there were reports that like that Sony was manufacturing literally. I, I, I want to say my, my, my guesstimate back, back in, back then was like that they were manufacturing 10 times as many physical ps5s as they were digital but the numbers are like even more extreme than that it's like they were making yeah they were making like one digital one for every like 30 or 40 physical one 
So, Interesting. so I'm actually yeah, surprised that somebody was like that looper only had the option to get a digital one at some point, because those were the ones that were really hard to find for people. Yeah. Wow. Um, anyway, I think we, we drove that into the ground. Um, real quick here, man. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, Song in the Smoke had a physical version in the smoke. today uh, over on LimitedRunGames.com. I'm uh, bringing this up real quick because uh, here, you know what? I've, I've got so many things that I want to do right now. Let's First of all, let's change the trailer so we can look at Song in the Smoke footage. Um, here we go. There's the launch trailer. Uh, now I'm going over to the website to see if there are still supplies left. So we had a thousand standard edition and 750 deluxe edition. Question for the chat. Has anyone in the chat ordered one? Curious to know. Am I in the chat? Because I ordered one. You're you're in the chat, Brian. I ordered one. Uh, here, here we go. Let's go. One. <laughs> anyone else? <laughs> This is this is actually so uh, I think I don't was it on Wednesday show or Monday I think it was on Monday show I said that this is going to sell out fast because if you if you pay attention to limited run stuff, um, let's interact with this. Uh, if you pay attention to limited run stuff, uh, what generally happens is the lowest print run you'll really ever see is about twelve hundred copies of anything, um, and so the standard edition being limited to a thousand copies uh, is really really low. And then, uh, even more so than that, the collector's edition is limited to 750 copies. So as far as limited run is concerned, these really are limited runs. So frequently, they'll just have an open pre-order where they sell as many as they can over the course of two months, and then they'll never make any more. But that means that could mean like literally 10 to 20 or 30,000 people bought those, and great. This is actually limited run. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm a little... That's beautiful artwork. It is. Like, I'm a yeah. little surprised that it's still available. I was I was 100% confident Monday that these would sell out very quickly, uh, especially considering that this could be the very last physical PSVR game we ever see uh, printed. Yeah. So, so what's in the deluxe uh, version, Brian? Chat was just asking. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, if you really want to know, then let's bring it up on the screen. Do, 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 do. And I'm going to tell you right now, uh, Nothing that I care about, that's for sure. Um, here, is this it here? Here we go. I'm just going to... You know, uh, if we had a producer, Miles, this, this, this show would be yeah. so much better. Producer's overrated. Yeah. Producer's overrated. Here we go. Here's a deluxe edition. Uh, <laughs> I'm still having problems. Uh there it is. Okay, uh, so it's limited run number four seventy nine. Song this smoke deluxe edition seventy dollars, but again only seven hundred and fifty available. Let's scroll down and see the product details. I gotta re- I gotta get real close here, guys, because again, real small print. <laughs> um, this item is limited to seven hundred fifty copies. Uh, Includes a physical copy of Song in the Smoke for PSVR, Song in the Smoke Deluxe Edition box, which is the big thing that it comes in, obviously, an eighteen by twenty four reversible poster, Song in the Smoke art print stickers in a 17-bit the developing development studio enamel pin uh which to me miles says there's nothing in this box that i care about <laughs> like if you want, you want the stickers i don't know i don't even care about the stickers um put it on your laptop sticker. no i think i actually it doesn't even say what the sticker is does, oh no it does it does show it there yeah, yeah there's a picture i'm not just not really interested um fair enough yeah i mean i i 
I think I think Camouflage kind of killed it, to be honest, with their uh, Republic Collector's Edition. It came with a fucking documentary, man, about the, the making of Republic. That is awesome. Yeah. Like, that stuff is... I always used to love when Blu-rays first came out. Love getting the behind the scenes. And, like, there was actually one I, I was watching on YouTube the other day. Um, it was the Prometheus movie behind the scenes. It was like a two and a half hour of, like, every single step, like... You know, you look at Marvel movies now and they always do behind the scenes and they're like 30 minute featurettes. And it's like because they have to cut it up and make it really quick and just get to the chase. No, fans of these things love to see like drawn out conversations and just, you know, see all the stuff that they might think is boring. It's absolutely fascinating. Like speak to each person. What was it like working on this game? What was the intention? Um, You know. What are the kinds of people that buy these collector's editions? They're super fans. Yeah. They're people that are invested in it. And, um, you know, it's, it's a very common thing in these days when it comes to digital marketing. But, like, content is king. And you can never have too little content. And so, yeah, you saying that they had a documentary, that was, that's amazing. And especially for a game like this, um, uh, I definitely think that's something that would have um, been a, a, a wonderful addition. Yeah, and just uh, just to clarify, by the way, for anyone who uh, hasn't seen it, the documentary, I've only seen the Republic part of the documentary, but the documentary that was included is actually about the entire, um, ab- ab- about camouflage, you know, their, their founding and, and development of each of their games. And so I, I need to get in there uh, and actually watch the rest of the documentary um, and, and see what they say about the development of Iron Man VR, uh, because they, they were very transparent about, uh, development of Republic and about how pretty much at every step the <laughs> like the business was just about to shut down kind of shit. Like, it, like they, they didn't have enough money to do anything they needed to do. It became an episodic game, like just purely out of necessity because they couldn't finish the game, uh, in the, in the time constraints that they had, they had to get something out in order to keep the, the company afloat. Uh, and so, yeah, very very transparent documentary, and I, and I love that kind of stuff. Any any time that there's like this, uh, that there's like this look at some business or, or whatever else, um, and and it's just so sugar coated, like where where you just like you just get the highlights or the the positive things that happened uh, over the course of the years. That's uh, I, it's just always really really boring. Uh, I, I love I love getting into nitty gritty and finding out what really happened behind the scenes. Sure. And, and like behind the scenes is something that's totally scalable. Like you're not having to pay to produce every additional one. It's just something you could say you get a, a free download code. Like there's loads of digital content they could do uh, with it. You know, maybe like something on the PlayStation store, like a free skins or cosmetics, you know, yeah. there's all, and look, I'm, I'm not here to say, oh, it's just easy. You just do this and that. It may be stuff they considered, but those are the things that come to my mind straight away is there's a lot of, um, things that are more connected to the game itself like stickers and that i think is great you know love slapping it on the back of the laptop but behind the scenes about the game and cosmetics and things that so you know especially in multiplayer games things that you can sort of show of i am a supporter of this game you know it's cool yeah somewhere along the line we got we started getting digital art books for things and i was like Mm. doesn't do it for me man like i need a physical soundtrack tangible playstation in my hand yeah when you get the pages hardcover Agreed. When you download like the soundtracks onto your PS5, I'm like, I'm not going to listen to it on here. Nope. Like, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. 
so yeah, so anyway, so yeah, we actually pushed this. I was going, we were going to start the show with this, but we, I actually pushed this until later in the show, the song in the smoke conversation, because I was curious to see, because the, they, they open up the second half of the pre-orders at 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, and so I was like, oh, I wonder if it'll sell out by the time, uh, we'll get to this point. Uh, this could very be, very much be a Republic situation where like three months later, it's still like, oh, we haven't sold out of this yet, which is crazy. Um, but as you guys know, the stuff that nobody wants is the stuff that always ends up being really expensive later down the line. Just saying. Just saying. Miles. We got a super chat that's probably a good way to kick start this next section off Indeed. from Yeah Science Game Cat. Meow. Whoa, 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 whoa. Where's the commas? Do you why didn't you read the commas? Shit. Yeah science, comma, game cat, comma, meow. $49.99 tip. Wow. Thank you very, very much. What scares me? It may be a myth that four to ten spiders enter your mouth a year, but it is known for spiders to enter your ear canal and lay its eggs. This can be done without you knowing. Spiders crawling out of your ears doesn't scare me. Maybe someone? It reminds me as a kid, uh, there was a Star Trek episode with Khan where they put the thing in the little bugs. And it was crawling in their ear. That scared the hell out of me as a kid. I don't know if anyone knows knows that. The classic Khan episode. Didn't like it. Scared me as a kid. Yeah, in ears. Nah. Say, no, you good. Did you say Khan episode? Yeah. Or the, the movie. Was it a movie? Yeah, the, ori- the original. Khan. Like Wrath of Khan? With Shatner. Oh, yeah. Star Trek. Okay. I was like, yeah, Star Trek. I, yeah. I mean, sorry for if, if that was really dumb of me. I was just like, yeah. I was, you say Khan, and I was like, Khan? What's Khan? And I was like, wait, Wrath of Khan? Started. Yeah. It took me a minute. I'm, I'm getting caught up. It's all good. It's all good. Someone in the chat will help me with that. Um, but yeah, Brian, we're talking about spooky stuff now. Yeah. Uh, spooky. Sorry, hold on. I, I, just, I just need to reflect on this real quick here, because cause Josh, Josh said, it is known that spiders enter your ear canal and lay its eggs. This can be done without you knowing. Spiders crawling out of your ears doesn't scare me. Maybe someone. Dude, this is this is actually terrifying. Um, although I'm 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 less scared of the spiders crawling out of my ears than I am with the spiders going the wrong direction and finding their way into my uh, ear canal and skull, uh, and then they just sort of live and uh, and breed and create their little families uh, as they walk around my brain, triggering different memories as they touch different parts of it. Um, I'm, not, I'm not so concerned about spiders' eggs in my ears and then crawling out. Uh, I'm more concerned about them not crawling out. Yeah. Just wanted to address yeah, that true. properly. Uh, we also got Bell Ramio with the 12 euro. So sorry, I'm late. I had to solve some mouse. Mouse problems. What did I miss? Mouse problems. I'm so glad you could see that. Mouse's, mouse's problems. Mouse problems. Uh, what did you miss? Not a lot, man. We're just hanging out talking about uh, Song in the Smoke <laughs> and PS5 yeah. Pro. Um,. Miles, what scares you? If it's not spiders crawling out of your ears after laying eggs, uh, what scares you? This is the main topic of the show. Gear up, everybody. We want to hear in the ch- in the chat what scares you. Brian, mm. telasophobia. Do you know what that is? Uh, is that a scare of looking up big words on Google? No. Although, 
It's not about guests. It is about big things. It is about the big, scary ocean. Oh. Uh, Talassophobia. So um, it, it became quite popular when the game um, Subnautica came out. Mm-hmm. Um, because oceans... And if you search Talassophobia on uh, Google, it has some great photos. But when people are in the ocean and you're looking down and it is just black, it's just so vast... Uh, that freaks me out. Swimming in the ocean does never, it never, it never appeals to me. Um, I have done it. I try and get out as quick as I can. There's a reason why we evolved out of the ocean. It wasn't to go back into it again. Um, and yeah, just deep water, uh, just freaks me the hell out. Um, how are you with deep water? I'm fine because I, I generally don't go near it. Like I'm, I'm, I'm very, okay. I'm very much an indoor cat, Miles. Um, <laughs> they don't let me out. Uh, I have been declawed. I have no, def- no natural defenses. Uh, and don't declaw your cats. That's fucking mean. Uh, but, but I have been declawed. Uh, also circumcised. So they've just chopped off everything that I used to. Have. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> um. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I don't. I've, I've obviously been to the beach uh, quite a few times. I live, I live near Boston, uh, so I'm not, I'm not too far from uh, the East Coast, uh, and uh, I've certainly been to the beach a lot, uh, reluctantly, family trips and stuff like that. Um, I don't. Who is swimming out that far, where the depths of the ocean becomes a problem? Like you, you could swim out like a half mile from the beach and still only be like, not that concerned there is no deep dark ocean below you when you're at the beach how far are you swimming out miles to 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 encounter this well i'm not although i've been on boat trips where you go out swimming Uh, my mum and dad said i can't remember where it was i think it was in the states and uh they were just swimming around the boat and my dad saw a great white shark and he got out of the water and calmly went to the boat and said yeah there's a there's a shark in the water and the guy like no really the guy, the guy goes in the water and he comes out straight away and goes, "Yeah, everyone get in the boat." <laughs> Just like, everyone get in the boat. Okay. Oh man, yeah. So like sharks, I'm absolutely fascinated by. Um, there's someone I recommend searching on YouTube, uh, Ocean Ramsey. Um, she she is in Hawaii. She has done some very famous videos for GoPro in that, where she literally swims next to great white sharks and it's absolutely phenomenal the photos and stuff like she's there to sort of say that sharks aren't inherently man eaters it's just when there's confusion or they feel threatened and stuff like that um and and that's usually what it comes down to when it comes down to fear it's like what we don't understand um you know because we feel threatened by the unknown and things like that um i've got other things on my list what is something you're scared of I mean, we can, <laughs> I feel like you started with something that's fairly irrational, right? Like, it, it, like what do you think? I mean, do you, do you find it to be irrational? Like it's, it, no, I don't think it's irrational. Okay. You're out of control when you're in deep, when you're or just water I, I, like in the ocean. As soon as you start, I'm worried that I'm going to step on something sharp yeah. or a crab. I that, don't that's like rational, going, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But like wa- water, you can't see anything. So, I, okay, thalassophobia is about the deep open water. Yeah. But I find that it you don't even have to go. You can go up waist high and there it could be stuff around you that you don't see. Okay. Jellyfish, there could be sharks. I hate that stuff. I, I, I can't enjoy myself. Swimming pool, the worst you're going to find is a floater. Yeah. But you'll see that in clear water. I'm sorry. Did you say a floater? 
Yeah. And in the UK, does that mean the same thing as it means here? It means not like a like the ice cream they do on the top of your drink, no. Um, no, it means it means a turd. It means yeah. a turd. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I was I was sort of I was sort of on the turd uh, train for a second turd there, train. and then and then I was and then I was like, well, don't they call dead like dead bodies that are just like poof, rise to the surface, like when in yeah, the don't they call those? I'll tell you too? what, when I go for a local swim, dead body floating in the swim pool, it, it really it really upsets my my morning swim. Yeah, it, it's a real it's a real downer. Not so much downer, but certainly a distraction. <laughs> Wait, am I, am I on my fourth lap was, or my fifth lap? God, this yeah, fucking I'm body like, keeps. Can you go? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you. It's it's clockwise. You meant to go clockwise. <laughs> Good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I you know I I, I don't think I have uh, I don't think I have too many uh, fears of common things. I, I think actually I think most of my fears are fairly common. It's uh I I I don't like heights and I don't like spiders. Spiders is way more irrational uh, than my fear of heights. Spiders same because I, I feel like you know once you get to a certain height. You have you should be scared of being up that high because if you fall, you're going to break something or die, right? But most spiders are generally not harmful, right? It's very, very few and far between. When I lived in Tennessee, uh, I did encounter a few black widows and a few brown recluse, and I and I didn't know brown recluses are terrifying. From what I've heard, they like they melt your skin, right? If they bite you, I don't know. I didn't get bit. (laughs) So, Uh, no, they have like acid in their bite, and you have to cut it out. It's like they're like xenomorphs. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I so find so finding out that like in Tennessee that brown recluses and, and black widows were kind of common. Uh, if I wasn't already scared of spiders, suddenly I really was because we found a brown recluse in the house I was staying in, uh, and I was like, "Wait, this is fucking terrifying!" You guys just go to sleep every night with the potential of spiders that can like kill you, like just around. And I hear it's terrible in Australia, so I'm never fucking going there. Um, and so, and so I do think, you know, that every, all of my time leading up to leaving Massachusetts and, and living in Tennessee, uh, completely irrational, right? The spiders I was encountering, daddy long legs, little fucking house spiders, whatever it is, they terrified me, but that, but they, I had absolutely no right to be scared of them. That, that's irrational. Uh, and then heights, of course, heights is just, you know, I, 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 you and I were playing Zenith and we were playing. We, we we got up pretty high on the uh, what the fuck was the uh, the DLC called, um, the Celestial Throne or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and dude, like my knees were fucking shaking, and I like you know had to like lift the headset up a few times, and I was like, I found myself just getting like just completely covered in sweat, being like, I'm terrified being up this high, and it's not even very convincing VR graphics. Uh, so so yeah, that uh. Probably uh, that that seems pretty irrational to me. I think um, it, if you're scared of heights in VR, it makes no sense. But it also <laughs> definitely goes to show how much VR can trick your brain. Well, there's a, there's a YouTube video that I've always um, recommended people check in from 26. Well, it's, it was older than that. It's a re-upload, um, and it's climbing the world's tallest radio tower. And it is this guy that is literally you get like an elevator to I don't know how many meters up, and then you climb the rest. And by the end of it. He's just, it's so narrow and it's just to what looks like to change a light bulb at the top. And uh, yeah, the whole structure is 518 meters, which is 1,700 foot high. And watching that video every time, sweaty palms, like, and he has a toolkit 
uh, toolbox that is like strapped on a rope and it's his mate below him is to make sure it doesn't swing. And I was saying to my friends when watching it, how much would I have to be paid to do that? Like, <laughs> like if, yeah, I see, even if you offered me a million, I still don't know if I'd be able to do it because only if I could actually have a parachute to jump off at the end, like the idea that you've then got to climb down afterwards. Nah, it's uh, it's an amazing video. Actually, I'll put it in the chat for anyone that wants to save it for later. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Dude, that's oh. it. There is, there is no amount of money, and it's, and it's not because it's not worth it to me. It's because I would be physically incapable of doing it. Just physically incapable. Yeah. No, no I'm, I'm, I'm the same with you. Um, on the spiders thing, I had a huge fear of spiders, and I had an experience when I was a kid. Um, I remember going into the office and leaning over to turn the computer on. And I felt some kind of web on my neck. And I just remember instantly going, oh, what's that? And I sort of leant over like this. Mm. And I walk through all the rooms in the house. And my mum's doing the ironing. And I go in the kitchen. I'm like, oh, mum, what's this on my shoulder? And she's like, oh, come closer. Because at the time, she thought it was fake. And then she screamed and flicked the towel. And it was a giant like house spider with like a couple of legs missing and like on the floor. And... uh I literally, for like the next couple of weeks, every time I went into a room, I'd have to go in like this, looking at the ceiling, because it was the kind of, once again, the unknown of how did a spider like get onto my neck, which is quite a personal space. Yeah. Um, and, uh, oh, dude, even thinking about it now, even though it was like 20 years ago, of like, how did it get on my neck? And I did that, and it, I don't know if I kept it, tra- I don't know, it's mental to think that... <laughs> Uh, I was calmly walking around the house like that, um, <laughs> checking on the toilets and stuff. And then actually when I went to visit my uncle and auntie in Australia, which is known for basically being full of things that want to kill you. Um, <laughs> Including I was there. Yeah, yeah. I was there in their winter. We were there for three weeks. I remember for the first week, check my shoes every morning, check under the bed, check under the toilet. Every, I just constantly checked. And then by the second or third week, you stop checking because you're kind of used to it. And it goes back to that thing about familiarity and, uh, you know, the unknown verse. Like, you kind of get a gauge of, like, how... If I found a spider randomly, then that would have reset. It's like, right, I'm checking everything again. But, uh, yeah, um, spiders, nut, nut. Yeah. Um, I think another... I, yeah, I will say, I think arachnophobia set me down that path. Um, the movie arachnophobia. I've still not giant... seen it, but I've heard many great things about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was just, I was just too young to see it. And, uh, as something, I don't know if I was ever scared of spiders before that movie. And then once I saw it, I was like, it was in my head. Uh, the, what the spiders looked like, they've, you know, like they were just the right size, about you know, the size of your hand, uh, which means they're pretty fucking big. Uh, and then like the, you know, the type of that, like the hairy legs and everything like that. And then, which is again, pretty scary but then the fact that they would jump at your face i was like fucking no i am so out of this like it is the scariest thing of all time uh spiders jumping or jumping at you i was just like this is terrifying because they've always said spiders are more scared of you than you are of them and if they're jumping at you that disproves that theory (laughs) because i'm running away why are you jumping at me well, I love it when you say you're afraid of spiders and people are like, oh, but don't worry. They're more scared of you than you are of it. I'm yep. like, no, that's a bad thing. <laughs> like, I don't want it to be scared of me. <laughs> um, the, the amount of times that I walk into a room, like close the bathroom door and there'll be a house spider on the wall. And I'm just like, shit. And it's like, how do I get out? How do I get out? <laughs> or I'm going to go get like a kitchen bowl to like cover it. And I come back and it's gone. It's just gone. And I'm like, right, it is somewhere in this house. I have no idea where it is. 
But the most annoying thing about spiders is just the way they hang around and they don't even pay rent and they just act like they fucking own the place. I hate that. Terrible. I, I, um, I had this conversation with Tornado recently. She didn't appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. uh, real one quick, day, one day. real quick. Uh, yeah, science came cat meow with the five dollar tip. Says, okay, what really scares me is the unknown. I believe that this is the biggest fear in the universe. Agree or disagree? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the unknown taps into everything. Like fear is all about being out your comfort zone and having a sense of control. Because the next thing I had on my list was, well, these two are kind of related. So it's like psychological horror. I love, I love it in movies and that, but mm-hmm. it does freak me out. Things about the human condition, but like losing your mind, that scares the hell out of me. Um, like Alzheimer's um, is a fucking horrible illness, and I think that's a real terror, uh, terrifying thing to think about of like losing your cognitive faculties. But um, I do like so occasionally. I, I have this sort of thought experiment of like just imagining suddenly I'm talking with you and on, on this camera, and then next minute. I'm in the middle of a forest at night. Like, you know, just like if something random happened, like what we think of our reality and, you know, what if we are plugged into some kind of matrix machine and we, we find out that there's just something else out there. Um, Like, yeah, the the consciousness and being in control of your mind for me is definitely an important thing. And losing that sense of control on your mind for me is, is terrifying. I feel yeah, terrifying. There's, there's a history of, uh, of Alzheimer's in my family. And so it's something I should be concerned about. Uh, however, for some reason, I'm not, I feel like back in, you know, my twenties when I experimented with, uh, I say twenties as if it was limited to my twenties. Uh, but back when, you know, I was doing drugs and experimenting with LSD and mushrooms and everything else, uh, masculine, really fun. Um, don't do drugs, kids. It, it it kind of it kind of gave me this uh, perception of like of it's okay to kind of lose control a little bit like it's okay to let go and like and you know and let your mind go to places where you wouldn't expect it to uh, and sort of be out of control because uh, I was I was such a control freak when I was younger um, you know to the point where like if you if you knew me when I was like ten twelve fifteen right up until I was about 15 or so you would be like, this kid's never going to do drugs because he, he's scared of losing control. Um, but drugs allowed me to like kind of escape that, uh, and let go and be like, well, whatever happens happens. Um, and so there's something about that time of my life that allows me to go, well, if dementia ever kicks in or Alzheimer's ever kicks in and I have to be thrown into a nursing home or something like that, then it's like, you know what? I'm, I'm okay. Like that, that's, that's how I'm going to, that's how I'm going to live out the rest of my life. <laughs> you know, there's something not so scary about it anymore. But I, after witnessing what it did to my grandmother for the better part of over a decade, um, it's it's sad for the family, I think, more than anything else. You know? Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's an illness that definitely um, impacts the people around them more because they're the ones that are conscious of what's going on. Um, Seeing what it did to my mom because it was her mom. You know, it's like if I ever have to witness yeah. my mom go through that, it's going to be heart wrenching. And like to, to see her gradually like forget who I am, you know, and, and start calling me nurse or something like that. It's, it's going to be tough. And I hope that I hope I never have to experience that. Um, so I don't want to make light of Alzheimer's, but I think if I ever experience it, uh, hopefully, uh, <laughs> hopefully I can leave a note somewhere that just tells my family, don't worry about me. You don't have to come visit. <laughs> like I'll be, I'll be fine. Just, just give me a VR headset and I'll be all right. <laughs> right. Seriously. Every, I can fi- finally can play Resident Evil 7 for the first time again. Seven. 
I was, just about, I was about to say, can you imagine getting to play Resident Evil 7 for the first time again? <laughs> oh, good. We're, we're both day. making an inappropriate joke at the same time. Yeah, yeah. It makes me feel better about doing it. Yeah. So without parole, it'd be every day you do a live stream of Brian experiences Resident Evil 7 for the first time. Just every day. Jim, <laughs> I'm so confused about Bell's, Bell's tip. Bell Ramio, the game cat with the 250, said, we playing Walkabout now, y'all make me not sleep? What? What, what i don't even know what that comment's about bell i'm totally lost uh maybe it's already setting in um, brian being in a being in a forest is kind of spooky and uh mm. i want to say a little story about this i was um at a youtube event many years ago for how they had a halloween party and they had um one of these zombie experiences there where they had these people like cha- dressed as zombies chained to like the wall and that and they actually did a lot of the makeup for the walking dead it was so impressive and one of the um creators there was telling me about some of the experiences they do around the uk and one of them was a a new one they've done and i'm gonna be careful what i say because i don't don't want to spoil too much of it but the bit he did tell me was you basically go camping in the middle of this forest in the middle of nowhere and your tents don't have zips they have like velcro and basically at four in the morning or where it is, you don't get told when you'll suddenly, you'll be hearing banging and noises all around the forest. And they said, and then at one moment, you will literally just get dragged out your tent while you're trying to sleep. They'll just kidnap you, bag over your head. And then when the bag's taken off, you're in this underground cave and really messed up stuff is happening, which sounds like an amazing experience. But being in the woods, hearing sounds, Blair Witch Project, mm-hmm. man, um, and actually, the Blair Witch Project, that is why it impacted me so much. And I was very late to watching it. It ties together a lot of these fears because, you know, without going into too many details for those that still haven't seen the Blair Witch Project, and I highly recommend it, what makes that movie so terrifying is it's literally about people that get lost in the woods and they lose their mind. Yeah. So it's like two of my fears, losing your mind and also uh, being like in a forest well, by yourself and... Yeah. Out of control. Yeah. I don't... The forest doesn't scare me. I live in the middle of the ghetto. If I walk the wrong way when I leave my apartment, that scares me. Right? Like, I, I'm i very much a night walker when it comes to uh, uh, the city. And I think I just... That's a term that I probably just totally used incorrectly. I like to walk around at night. I don't know if that... I implied something else. Uh, because it's comforting, right? Fear of the dark. Fear of the dark. I, I, I used to have that. I don't have it anymore. And I think living at home by myself has fixed that because otherwise I'd be in a lot of trouble. <laughs> like, um, yeah. Yeah, I see. It, okay, so I guess the, the dark doesn't really scare me. Um, not at, at least not when I'm out and about at night walking around enjoying the city right it's like is there something comforting about sort of a quiet city you know everyone like either in bed or sleeping and there's just a few pedestrians still kind of milling around leaving the bar late at night that kind of thing um there's something very comforting about it i will say and I, and some of you guys already know this uh that my apartment is haunted uh and figuring out what's haunting it or, or actually what's happening here has been sort of a, a process and i don't know if i've you know actually figured anything out or not um but but I will say that, you know, activity around here definitely gets worse at night. Uh, and uh, and so I think I have a, a rational fear, fear of the dark when it comes to my apartment because weird shit happens 
at night. Um, and uh, have you, Miles? Let's 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 start this off the right way. Have you ever experienced anything unexplainable in your own life? Like we, we can talk about being scared of ghosts or, or demons or paranormal, whatever. But have you ever experienced any of that in real life? I think most people would say no. Uh, I had a memory when I was very little of seeing some kind of UFO in the sky. Uh, but looking back, I don't think it was anything. But like in terms of ghosts or stuff, uh, no. But I've definitely been freaked out of like I don't know. If I see a horror movie and then I'm at home on my own, I just constantly have thoughts like if I go and get a drink in the kitchen, I'm scared of looking out the window and just seeing something standing there. <laughs> just like just can't. Um, and obviously this gets into a, a bit later in the conversation. But like things that could be real. Um, yeah, that stuff freaks me out. So no, I've never seen any ghosts or anything like that, but my mind freaks me out all the fucking time. <laughs> We've just thinking about stuff. What could be there? Yeah, when dude, when I was a kid, like I saw I saw Stephen King's It way too early in life. Like, and I saw, and so when I when I was a kid, I remember like looking out. We lived out in the country in the middle of nowhere, and so I remember looking out and and just being able to basically visualize, um, even though there's nothing in my front yard, looking out my window and seeing Pennywise the Clown just standing there with a balloon, like looking up at my window, right? Just like, and, and, or, or looking or laying in bed and looking out into my hallway and just, again, picturing him walk by my doorway, right? Like not even coming in, just walking right by. Like that's all, especially when you're a kid, like if you have an overactive imagination uh, or the shit really gets to you, I, I think that that's really, really common. Um, what's weird is that when I was young, a lot of, like a lot of paranormal stuff never really happened to me. Right. Uh, I, I, I actually saw pretty sure I saw a UFO when I was like seven or eight. Um, but like, like that was a long time ago. And if I had a clear memory of it, I'd be like, I don't know, maybe it happened. Maybe it didn't, but like all the shit that's happened in the last 10 years, like since, especially since I got sober, <laughs> like it, I have very, very few rational explanations for all the shit that happens in my apartment these days. Um, Oh, let me list off a couple for you here, man. And, and I think on, on, a, on a fairly regular basis, um, shit just falls, right? Like falls out of a cabinet, falls off of a shelf, whatever. And I loved getting a cat because that meant everything was suddenly explainable, right? Oh, yes. you, you hear a noise in the other room and you're like, fuck, uh, man, tornado just fucking like, you know, knock something off of a bookshelf or something like that. Um, but it was happening long before I got a cat. And it was nice getting her because then I could blame all of that stuff on her, um, which I don't know how much of it is her and how much of it's not. I will say the weird thing, like the most recent weird thing that happened um, is that uh, I was laying in bed and there's obviously two ways to face in bed, right? I can, I can face towards the wall or I can face towards the outside, you know, outside of looking out at my living room. And so if I look, if I look out at my living room, I see, I see tornado, you know, I see tornadoes uh, like kind of like. Uh, cat condo and that's like where she sleeps for the most part and so i saw her you made me you made me close the door because i don't like there being a crack there into the hallway and not being able to see it this is this Freaking is out already this is this is without parole are you afraid of the dark uh story scary stories to tell in to tell in the dark uh this is this is going to be fun so i'm laying in bed and i'm looking and i see her sitting on her cat condo and she's, and she's looking like she's getting ready for bed too, right? She's like laying there kind of looking at me and I'm like, all right, Hey, I was like, tornado, I love you. Good night. And I turn over like, right. And so now I'm facing the wall. I get the covers over me and within seconds. So it's not like I fell asleep or anything like that, but within seconds, this happened like last week, by the way, um, I felt 
let's just say somebody's sitting on the side of my bed. I've got a new mattress. It's way softer than my old one. And so when somebody, if somebody was like sitting down next to me, I would feel it. And, and I kind of smiled because I was, cause in my head I was like, man, if I didn't have tornado, <laughs> this would be real fucking scary right now. Right. And I felt it kind of move sort of from around my shoulder area down to like near my butt. And I think what happened was it was like picture somebody sitting on your bed and then putting their hand down next to themselves. Right. And kind of leaning on it. And that's the feeling it got. It sort of migrated, but didn't really move. And I was yeah. like, man, Tornado, what are you fucking doing? And I rolled over, and she's still in the fucking cat condo. And, dude, that was it. That was it. I didn't sleep that night. I was up till like I was up till 7 or 8 a.m. I couldn't sleep till the sun came up. Because so I was like, what the fuck just happened? And Tornado was staring at me like dead eyes. She's like, did you see that? Like, I, she stares at me a lot. But never this intensely. Like she stared wow. at me. Like she was like she was scared. Her eyes were wide open. And she was just like, "What is happening? What was that?" Mm. And I was like, "You tell me. What was it? <laughs> like you saw it. I just felt it, right?" And she stared at me for like two minutes straight, like just locked eyes. And I was like, "What is it?" You know. And then I moved my head, and I was like, "Oh my god, she's not staring at me. She's staring behind me." Dude, I, I, I'm getting I'm getting chills. I don't like this. This is, but this right. Is, that's it. That, that's all we got time for this week. Everyone, bye. This is this is a like, thing. Weird, weird shit like this ha- is like a kind of a regular common occurrence around here. And I kind of thought that at this point I'd be used to it. Um, I was doing a, a Doom Three uh, VR live stream, or or maybe I was just yeah. recording footage. I forget what it was. And I was holding my aim controller, and I live alone. Somebody grabbed the front of my aim controller while I put the VR headset on and pushed it off to the side. And I lifted my headset up. I was like, who's here? I thought my ex came in or, or somebody and just like fucked with me. Nobody here. Shit like this happens pretty frequently around here, man. Like this is, it's a creepy place to live. And, and I thought, because it's been shit like this has been happening for 10 years or more. Um, and, I, and I thought that I'd be used to it by now. But this is, so like, yeah, there's, there's, there's kind of like this constant looking over my shoulder here. My ex came by to visit uh, and said, hey, has shit been happening around here? Like we never actually made it in, uh, too far into the apartment, kind of standing at the front door. And I was like, why? Why, why are you asking if shit's happening? He goes, because I just saw a shadow walk by behind, like over mm-hmm. here in the bookshelves. And I was like, and he's not a fucking believer, man. Like, so like, so what I've got even non-believers being like, dude, your apartment's fucked up. <laughs> like, yep. It sure is. Two things that scared me, but explainable. One was when I was a kid, I used to have those glow-in-the-dark stars on the ceiling mm-hmm. that you could stick. Uh, and I remember in the middle of the night, sometimes they lost their stickiness and they land on you. And that would always scare the fuck out of me. What's that? What's that? Um, and also sometimes uh, Google, the uh, Hey Google, uh, starts randomly talking in the middle of the night downstairs in the living room. It scares the fuck out of me. It just sounds so random. Like, what's triggering that? Um, yeah, those are some pretty freaky stories. I mean... Growing up, I was always absolutely fascinated by paranormal. Um, one of my my sixth year, year six projects um, at primary school, elementary school as you call it, uh, was on like the paranormal. And one of the bits I wrote about was spontaneous human combustion. Do you know about this? I mean, I know that it exists, or that yeah. there's a theory that it exists. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's there was one story of a guy walking down the street, and he suddenly just burst into flames, and it was talking about how his like shoes melted into his feet and stuff. And then actually, there was a more recent when I was writing the project, there was a more recent news story about um, an operating table. And as they cut the guy open, like there was some pressure thing and he just exploded into like meat parts across the room, just 
traumatized uh the uh the staff and that um but yeah spontaneous it's all about the unexplainable and that is literally what drives fear um because we like stability we like to know what things are we like to know what our reality is and that is the common theme so going back to the question earlier of like are you scared of the unknown everyone is and if they're not scared of it then it's not entirely the unknown (laughs) uh for them (laughs) Hector Robel said, let's all have a sleepover at Brian's house. You're all invited. Yeah. You're all invited. And uh, yeah, I wish it was a little bit more reliable because uh, it'd be really cool for you guys to kind of experience this. Um, yeah, I, sh- I should set up cameras and stuff. Uh, and so, but the, but this is, it's funny because it, it kind of makes everything else uh, feel less impactful to me, Miles. Um, because, because this is shit that most people only experience in movies or horror movies and they go, Oh, that was fun to watch. Right. But when it happens right. to you in real life, it's like, it's a completely different story. Um, but I will say that that's, I, I, there's, there's an element of all of this that, you know, uh, makes me wonder like how crazy I am because, uh, cause growing up, you know, grew up Catholic and, and went to, went to Catholic school and, uh, was baptized the whole thing, man. I don't know. We went to, I went to CCD and, and church every Saturday. I know it's supposed to be Sunday. I don't know what the hell, what that was all about. Um, but, uh, but that, but, but that actually, I, I think it's, they they kind of put this fear of the devil in me. Uh, and so growing up, I, I got real concerned about like, not concerned about possession and be like, Oh my God, my soul might be possessed by the devil. But when I started seeing movies about possession or hearing stories about possession, um, or, or the way that the the devil or, or demons or whatever can impact your everyday life, uh, that shit seemed to like really resonate with me. Uh, And that also, that also seems to be this kind of stuff that I gravitate towards when it comes to like horror movies, uh, the paranormal, the, the, uh, the supernatural, all of that stuff. Right. Cause, cause it's very, very infrequently is it just ghosts, right? They started talking about demons very quickly and all that stuff because ghosts are fairly innocuous. Demons are what will start fucking up your life. Uh, and so, and, and so growing up that way, uh, and then getting into this stuff, uh, it all makes me wonder how crazy I am now because, because I just, it was sort of stuff that just became what should be an irrational fear, I think became in my mind, a very rational fear and now has become a part of my rational life. Uh, and so I'm not discounting the fact that I'm crazy. I'm just saying that like there, there is a precedent here. There is a reason, uh, there is a Genesis to all of this that that could have brought this to fruition in my own life. Um, but just, just saying I'm very open-minded about it being, real and i'm very open-minded about it being all in my head um so yeah i I don't i don't i don't know if that's what scares me the most though miles i don't know it is it is about those seeds that are planted whether it's as a kid or stories that you hear another story because i've I've always wanted to be an organ donor and i need to sign up for it but i remember hearing on the radio about a guy whose brother like died on the operating table and they said can we to the family like can we take his organs because they have to take him out pretty quickly and they said no, and then he basically came to like minutes later, and it's like, yeah, <laughs> the thought of, uh, yeah, 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 you just don't want to think about it. Oh yeah, that's actually a fear. Is um incredibly, incredibly rare, but there are people that wake up while on the operating table. Yeah, I saw a movie. Open heart surgery. I saw a movie oh, about the, the, that. 
it was probably a movie about it not yeah. a documentary it was just seeing... a fucking scary movie <laughs> right but i remember seeing a, a morning program where this woman was interviewed and she was literally rocking back going i just want my childhood back she was fucked up because the anesthetist is meant to be looking because she when you wake up you're paralyzed she couldn't talk or anything and she was like literally having open heart surgery uh, and the way she described it was she felt as though she was sinking into the table that was how she described it Oof. like yeah 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 it's um so that's uh yeah it's all those the, the thing is life again it's the unknown is there are really tragic things we can experience um there are horrors um I, this we, we should probably go to the vr component in a minute but like another story i remember hearing was about a woman who had two kids in the car and one of her kids was in the back and he had the window open and she says, close it. Um, and then they swerved off the road into like a ravine or something. And uh, the mother literally had to make the choice. Um, she was only able she had to choose which kid she was going to save. Um, and the other drowned. And uh, so she has to live with that horror of the choice she made, but also the kid in the back saying, you know, do up the window, like all this sort of stuff. Like there's a, there's a lot of big tragedies in the world and horrors that we can't even think about. Um, but when we think of phobias, we always think about sort of the, the more obvious ones, whether it's heights and stuff like that, things you do on a daily basis, but it's just a reminder that life can be pretty horrific. Uh, and we're lucky that for the most part, things can be all right. (laughs) Uh, so in, in our run of show miles, we did, uh, you know, we did mention like, hey, let's, we can, maybe we can tie this into video games uh, or VR in, in a way. Uh, but the, the VR component that I'm most interested in exploring and, and not for terribly long because <laughs> I have shit to do tonight, <laughs> which isn't true. I just, I just have, to, I just got to play Fortnite. Um, and you're That's all cool. invited except for Dan Kiefer. He's not happy that I'm playing Fortnite. No, Dan, you're definitely invited. He's also played Fortnite. <laughs> Don't let him fool you. Um, is do you think that VR could? We we've talked about some really interesting things here tonight, and but I don't, but I don't know how many movies or video games have really expressed these things or 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 demonstrated them in any kind of uh, in any kind of great way to scare their audience. Do you think VR kind of brings with it this new ability to give us new types of scares and give us new types of experiences that? Uh, that will scare us in ways that we've never been scared before, like VR horror. Like, what's the next step for it? Can can it bring any of these uh, into a virtual reality? Uh, absolutely. I mean, like horror movies, I was always a scaredy cat with, and I enjoy them, but I find them so much easier to watch now, having played VR games, because it's like, oh, there's the TV over there. It's like it's in that box. It's not all around me, you know. Uh, the thing about VR is you can't really cover your eyes. And uh, when it comes to VR, and I know I've mentioned this before, but um, uh, I'm just, everyone's trying to freak me out with the doors behind me. Yeah. Don't do it. You should see what I see. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but for me, there are sort of two types of horror games. There are fun horror, so like the Russia Blood and things like that, where it's, it's jumpy, but it's entertaining. Mm-hmm. And then there's dreaded horror. So that's like Resident Evil 7. And that really gets to the heart of like my experience with horror games. And because it's all, you know, I have quite a vivid imagination. The reason I struggle with a lot of games that aren't particularly horror based is because I'm always imagining what could be. And so one of the strategies for getting through horror games is actually you just need to keep moving forward. Mm. The longer you wait around, whether it was me eight minutes in a laundry room in Resident Evil 7, 
Um, I also talked about in Hotel R&R, um, spoiler for people, um, but there is a level where you're in a big manor and you go into a room and you see a mannequin in the reflection. And that that point, it was like, it was really creepy. But then I was like, I don't want to go back in that room because I was like, what kind of game is this now? Because in VR, it's like they could literally pull anything on you with these experiences. And uh, when a game is like not a horror game, but then they do horror elements, I struggle with that. So, yeah, I think hor- horror in VR is really the next frontier because of all the senses, the immersion. Yeah. It's putting you in these horrific situations. Resident Evil 7 is always the one game I want people to experience um, because it's like, you know, it's not real, but it feels real. And that's what makes, you know, the opening 30 minutes of Resident Evil 7 is one of the best gaming experiences of all time. It's just phenomenal. Yeah, I agree. I agree. We, yeah, we hear it from cats all the time who are, uh, who, who are just too fucking scared to play through Resident Evil 7 in VR. Um, I think, I think a lot of the things that, uh, that VR could do pretty well. Uh, I mean, other than just amplifying the fear, which I, I think is what we've seen mostly so far, uh, is especially when it comes to like haptic suits or haptic vests, uh, using those in, in, in new and different ways. I think everybody's probably used to the idea of getting shot and feeling it like, Oh, I just got shot. That's where I got shot. Okay, cool. Right. But, but, but to actually feel like somebody's tapping you on the shoulder, uh, or, or something along those lines when no one's there. I think it could be uh, be really interesting, and I, and, I, and I feel like I'm 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 not even there's, there's got to be so many different things that different horror developers are have in the works or or have ideas for uh, that we will. I think it's just going to be so surprising to us uh, by the time we actually see it. I think, I think you and I here are barely scratching the surface to what we're going to experience over the next like five or six years. Oh hell yeah, absolutely. Um, Miles, you have a. Uh, we've kind of been poking fun at you a little bit uh, over, over the last few months about uh, about some of your backlog, your PSVR backlog and horror backlog specifically. Um, what what are you gonna be are you gonna be streaming anything? You get you gonna be getting caught up on any uh, VR horror games over the next couple of weeks while we gear up for Halloween? Actually, yeah, around ha- Halloween could be a possibility. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I am just waiting for the PSVR two, and I, you know, and although there's not backwards compatibility, I'm hoping a lot of them are gonna get the next gen upgrade. Um, but yeah, I have a big backlog, and to be honest, I enjoy horror games when I've got other people over. Uh, they're in the room, or I can chat. Actually, even when you're live streaming, you can talk to people through it. Um, that kind of, I gives you, I guess, gives you a sense of disconnect. Uh, it's like when I used to play flat screen horror games, and I'd be listening to a podcast in the background. Something that kind of keeps you tethered to the to the real world that isn't as scary. Um, but yeah, look, Blair Witch, I still need to play. Um, the rest of Resident Evil Seven, I'm still very early in that. Paranormal Activity, I've not played. Exorcist Legion VR, um, so many horror games I've still not played. I remember when I was playing. Um, Oh my god, Immortal Legacy. Mm-hmm. And there's the bit where you slide down into the cave and then you're in the water up to your neck and then you get out and then you just see some guy walking across around the corner. That was when I turned it off. <laughs> like, I was like, I'm sure it's nothing at that point, but I'm like, what is, I, I know you're going to go around the corner, it's not even there and you're going to see it later. But in my mind, I'm just like, it's literally waiting for me around that corner. So that's a great example of how my vivid imagination works with VR games is I, 
I imagine a scarier situation than what it actually is. Mm -hmm. And that's just how my brain works. And it's why I struggle with a lot of games that aren't even meant to be that scary because straight away I'm like, oh shit, it's going to be this, it's going to be this. And just going over that in my head, I just hype myself up. And it was why, again, in Resident Evil 7, I spent eight minutes in a laundry room running at the door, pushing it open and running back to see if I could see through it. I'm wondering, you know, when I go through that door, what's it going to trigger? Like, you know, not knowing... Uh, all that stuff just does my head in. Callista Protocol. I know it's a flat screen game. Mm. Really looking forward to playing it, whilst also not looking forward to playing it. I just have this love hate relationship with these kind of games. Yeah, I'm. My only my only love hate relationship with these games now is is please for the love of God bring these to PSVR two. Um, yeah, because especially you know with Callisto coming out soon and Dead Space coming out soon, it's all going to get in the way of PSVR two. If there's no PSVR two version, I don't know if I'm going to have actually have time to play them. There's going to be a desire. Uh, you know, flat screen gaming is still good, um, and it's and it's sort of filled in some of the uh, some of the downtime we've had recently uh, with, with with the lack of PSVR releases. Um, but man, I, I think I'm pretty sure. That once I get my hands on PSVR two, it's going to be the same love affair I had with PSVR one. Meaning, mm. the second I put that thing on, I go, "What else can I experience in this?" And I don't think that's going to wear off for for the next few years. Um, yeah, yeah. Hey, Miles. Hey, Brian. I had to put on my twenty questions cap. Are you ready <laughs> for some PSVR twenty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, go ahead. The, the only other thing I was going to mention about like ways that I cope with horror games isn't just about moving forward constantly, mm -hmm. also looking down at the ground. I'm like, I know I'm going through the level, but I'm not looking. The amount of stuff where I go into a room and I'm just like looking at the wall and walking around the room, which is insane because in a survival situation, you want to look at what could be the threat. And here I am going around the wall going, yeah, 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 yeah. I can't see it, so it can't see me. Um when haptics get better, that's only going to become less of an effective strategy. But yeah, it, it might help you out in Blair Witch. Just saying. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Anybody who's finished Blair Witch knows exactly. Ali Hembray says, "Brian, what the fuck is this video playing? This is what happens in my apartment when you're not watching." This is his uh, CCTV. It is in the hallway. <laughs> Absolutely, just <laughs> real life ghosts caught on camera. It's just Bostonians going out for a night out. Yeah. Oh, you've been to Boston before. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's wrap this question up, man. 20 questions. Let's put six minutes up on the clock. Clock up on the counter. I forgot what game I picked. This is bad, so I'm going to have to look, go check the... Uh... All right. I'm ready. Are you ready? You ready? Oh, I think I'm ready. Are we ready, Game Cats? Are you going to help me out in the chat? Everyone's trying to freak me out. Stop it. it you're fine. It's not nice. On your mark. Get Des. Go. <laughs> um, does it have a multiplayer? No. No multiplayer. Um, is it a, is it a spooky game, horror game? It's not. No, not 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 spooky. Nope, because I that would be uh, too easy. If I gave you a horror game, it would be over already. It, yeah. Yeah. Um, can you? This isn't going to be a question, but I'll be like, is it uh, on a limited physical run? <laughs> I'm not. Do, I'm not doing that one. No, I'm not doing that one. Don't answer it. Okay. Um, has it come out in the last year? Has it come out in the last year? Uh, no. No, it's not recent. Um, has it got a realistic art style? 
No. Okay. Not realistic. A lot of knots. Um... Does it have full locomotion? Yes, that's five. Full locomotion. Um, does it use thumbsticks? Like, uh, yeah, does it use, yeah, thumbsticks? No. Okay, so move control or, yeah. Um,. Can you play it on flat as well? No. Um, is it a PSVR exclusive? I, I don't. I don't believe so. No. Let me let me double check that. Everyone just keeps talking about what's behind me. <laughs> I should have uh, had something animated in the background. Yeah, it's, I double-checked. Um, it's not exclusive. Okay. Um, have the devs made other PS or VR games? Um, any other PSVR games? Any other VR games? Yes. Okay, other VR games. Uh, is this on a popular, well-known IP? No. No, that's 10. No. No. Right, let's start doing some uh, more genres. Uh, is it a shooter? Yeah. Okay, it's a shooter. Um, uh, <laughs> Nihilus Ryan, is the game in the room with us now? Yeah. Uh, is it is it sci-fi slash futuristic? You can, I mean, you could make an argument for that, but I don't think that. I would say no. Let's, let's okay. I don't. I don't think so. No. Let's go straight. Mm, no. Yeah. Let's go with them. That's all right. A little sci-fi. All right, game. All right, game. Cats. Quick recap. No multiplayer. Not spooky. Not recent. Not has. Doesn't have a realistic art style. Full locomotion. Uses the move controller. Uh, no flat screen version. It's I'm, not PSVR exclusive. I'm gonna I'm gonna say yes on sci-fi. I'm changing my mind on that. That is de- okay, it is cool. definitely is. Okay, cool. Uh, they have made other VR games. Uh, it's not a well-known IP. It is a shooter and it is sci-fi. Um, is it a wave shooter? Uh, no. Not a wave shooter. Um, um, man, I'm really struggling with this one. Um, any other questions, Game Cats? <laughs> Need help? <laughs> uh, um, yeah, um, are you shooting people? They are humanoids. Okay, uh, yeah, okay. Uh, are, you, are you shooting living things? Yeah. Yeah. Um, is it a top 25 game? 
it definitely has been. Um, okay. I don't know what where it fell in the last debate, which was a debacle. Uh, <laughs> that's that's fifteen miles. It doesn't use the end controller. No, um, it has full loco. Um, it's not spooky, guys. Um, fuck, man. Is it? Uh, well, you have thirty do you, do you seconds shoot, left. Do you, do you shoot red people in this? Red, like red? Yeah. No, not red. I didn't think it was super hot, but everyone keeps saying it. Um, um, <laughs> Not right. Do you ski in this? You do ski in this. Okay, is it is it fracked? Coming out just over a year ago, Miles, uh, I believe yeah. in August of 2021, it is fracked by End Dreams. You shoot purple people, not red people. Yeah, yeah no, I was thinking of super, yeah, super hot uh, with that No, question. I know, I know. Um, was, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, this is... Uh, yeah, you said this is a wave shooter. I was like, it certainly can feel like one at times, but it is definitely not yeah. a wave shooter. And I can't believe it took me a minute to to change my mind about the sci-fi aspect because these aren't people. Aren't these like fucking aliens from another dimension or some shit like that? I was like, oh, wait, yeah, this is definitely sci-fi. And uh, would you say Superhot is a wave shooter? Because it's actually just individual levels, isn't it? I yeah. wouldn't say it is. I wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah. technically call Superhot a wave shooter. Um, yeah, it, it feels more like a puzzle game, uh, very yeah. often. And, uh, and it's not, you're not standing in one place doing wave after wave after wave. You're moving and doing, encountering different situations. Uh, yeah, it doesn't feel like a wave shooter to me, but I could be wrong about that depending on people's interpretations of the definition of wave shooter. Yeah. Well done chat. Thank you for all the help. I don't know if we knew who was the first one to, the, to get the it. The first uh, one I saw was Emily Baxter and it was like super early on. It was like three or four right. questions deep. I was like, oh, well, this is over. Wow. Yeah. So good job, Emily. Yeah. Good job. All right, you guys. Uh, thank you so much for hanging out with us uh, and talking about some spooky shit. Uh, I, I've got a lot more spooky shit to talk about when it comes to my apartment. I've lived here for a while. Um, and so Man, I'm definitely thinking about making game. a litter box episode and kind of detailing all the shit that I've experienced. Uh, it gets way scarier. Uh, if I tell oh, you, dude, I don't... <laughs> if I tell you about some of the, the, the super scary stuff, uh, I'll save it for a litter box. And again, a litter box episode is, is for all of the Patreon supporters, not just the $5 tiers for the $1 and up. So if you want your name on that list below $3 tier, if you want access to put Patreon voice chat over on discord, that's the $3 tier. But again, the $1 tier and up, we'll get the free litter box episode. And then we'll do uh, well, I think we'll do an AMA next weekend. If I can uh, kind of scrape together the time and that, that is for the $5 tier and above um, trying to make it, trying to make Patreon worth your while. Uh, I know you, a lot of you guys are out there just happy to support the channel, uh, which I really, really appreciate, especially during this slow time. Um, but at the same time, I want to give back and make you guys know that you're appreciated because you really fucking are. Uh, also appreciate all the people who, uh, who hung out during today's show participated in the chat, uh, tips during the chat to, to uh, show your support in a different way. Uh, and of course, everybody who sat back and watched the show didn't say a goddamn word. We know you're out there and we love you just as much. You ready to get out of here? Love you again, cats. Have a wonderful week. Well, a couple of weeks. I will not be here next Friday oh. playing my band's last ever show. Right. Uh, it'll be good. But uh, yeah, so have a good one without me. Can, can, can we just sit there and watch it virtually for game for dude 
Well, funny enough, we will literally finish just before uh, this starts. Okay. So if I can get a live stream, I might, I might, I might set one up. All right. get, I'll just get Discord on my phone. Do that. <laughs> it, do it, in... it would be pretty damn cool to be able to watch your last show on your YouTube channel uh, Friday night. That'd be great. Yeah, mate, to be honest, I've got the camera and I've got like, you know, the... Uh, There's going to be an output from the soundboard, USB right? connection. So, yeah... Oh, yeah, t- t- the thing is, though, when it comes to sound quality, mm. once upon a time, we used to record gigs, uh, concerts on your phone, and you'd say to your friends, look where I am, and all you hear is... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. The quality, you know, the sound quality is is really impressive now. So, um, yeah, because I've got another one of the cameras that I use for this show, so what the sound quality would be like. I mean, to be honest, I might actually take one to band practice on Sunday, and see how it deals with the loud sound there and see what the quality is. Because it doesn't have to be exceptional quality, especially for a live stream. But yeah, right. um, maybe that's something I could I could set up. Well, yeah, yeah. Good, good, keep, good, good, cool, Brian. Keep us posted, Miles. And uh, obviously, best of luck to you. Uh, hope, hopefully, it goes great. Uh, finish on a high note, literally. Absolutely. Uh, really appreciate that. All right, you guys. Uh, let's get out of here. Happy Friday. Uh, we love you all so very much. Have a great weekend there. Yo, Miles, uh, we talked a lot about scary stuff on this episode, but uh, last night, uh, after talking to uh, Josh in voice chat, who, who kind of recommended the watcher he said it was strange but maybe not in a good way uh the watcher on netflix uh i'd heard about this story before um i I don't know how much of this is true and how much isn't but it's based on a true story about these people who were being basically harassed while living in a house getting strange letters about their house uh and then like strange things happening within the house um it's really good just FYI, it's like seven hours from start to finish. It's like seven one-hour episodes on Netflix, uh, and I watched all of it last night. <laughs> like, it, it's very infrequent, man. That like something captures me this hard, where I'm like, "Oh, good, the first episode's awesome. I'm going to watch the next six hours until <laughs> and, and just not go to bed until it's over." Uh, and that's exactly what I did last night. Uh, enjoy the ride because the ending kind of blows, but uh, but enjoy the uh-huh. ride because it's it's a really fun ride, as, at least as far as I'm concerned. Because it's one of those where it's like, oh man, I wonder if this is what's happening. Oh, I wonder if this is what's happening. I wonder if this is what's happening. And every episode kind of makes you think something else is happening. And so, highly recommended. Uh, had a good time with it. Not the scariest thing I've ever seen, but but weird enough uh, to really kick off the Halloween season for me. It's the Halloween season, Brian. <laughs> you know what else I find spooky? What? I find it spooky when you're trying to make small talk in VR with people and they don't have a microphone. Huh. And then, yeah. Do you, do I wish there was, like, some example I could uh, come up with to sort of illustrate this point. But, like, you know, when you're trying to talk to someone and they don't talk back, you know, you gotta you got to kind of improvise. Like, uh, let's just say in, like, a, a training ground in a boxing game like Creed, for example. Um, so you mean, like... This? Maybe you're not got. Where, where are you from? UK? America? Up, Miles. 
I fucked it up, Miles. Yeah. <laughs> no, I fucked it up. Uh, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Like, Wait, like hold on. I, I meant, uh, what I meant to say <laughs> was, you mean like, uh, you mean like, uh, uh, this? You know, got, where, yeah, where yeah, are like you from? This. UK? America? Yeah. <laughs> Second guess. Uh, East Coast? West Coast. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let me get this. Wait, we're getting good here. California? <laughs> Washington State? <laughs> Texas? <laughs> this might be a well. I, I swear, Miles. I, at, at a certain point, I'm going to start thinking that you're paying people to act dumb uh, for Clip of the Week. <laughs> this is over years of footage that I'm just digging up, but there is so many classic moments. And I would actually uh, challenge any game cats out there if you ever experienced stuff like this. Um, yeah, uh, just uh, send it in. Uh, Nick asked a good question. It's the same question that I asked uh, while watching this, and that's who's the lady in the background making uh, making giggles. Wait, there was someone in there. I was by myself. Spooky! Spooky! I'm so fucking done with you. Let's get out of here. Happy Friday, everybody. (laughs) Happy Friday. (laughs)